Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, welcome to IntelliCast. This is season five, episode nine, and I'm happy to be here, joined by Brian Peterson. Hello, Brian. Hey, how are you? Great. And sitting about six inches from me right now is Andrew DeSellis. Hello, Andrew. Hi, Brian. How are you today? I'm great. It's been a while since you've been on. Too Um, long, too long. I feel like it. You were a mainstay last year, and we need to get you back in the rotation, I think. But uh, today's a great topic. It is. um, Getting a little bit into how the how the sample is made, um, how the how the sausage sample is made is that a good way to describe it? A small sampling of sausage. <laughs> yeah, you make sausage. Suddenly, I do. I do actually. <laughs> believe it or not, um, I was more thinking Costco for how the sausage is made, little samples. But no, I do. I do make sausage. You make sausage. Fun you make fact. sample. I, there we go. <laughs> um, this episode, as always, brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. We would love an email. We'd love to hear from you. If you're a casual listener, if you're a longtime listener, um, mtelecast at emi-rs.com. If you have guests or topics or anything, music. I don't ever get to listen to music, so we never comment on it anymore. We switched to Zoom this year, and we don't get the previews yet. Sometime this year we might. Um, I can, I can figure it out. That's the old rant segment there real quick. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research or in Telecast One, and we would love to hear from you via voicemail or text, 513-401-5463. There's not much more that makes me happier than life than getting an email about the podcast or a text message about the podcast. And I'm not even joking. I love it. Um, today, we're going to be talking about earnings per click, um, which is kind of in the weeds and sample. Um, but I think it's a good topic. Not a lot of people are talking about it. It's really going to supplement the blog that Andrew wrote that's out there on our website that I guess Brian will link to. Before yep. we want to talk, um, I think one quick news story before we get to it though, right? Yeah, I, it, this was a, a decent size one. So I thought we should probably include it. And this hit yesterday afternoon that Zendesk terminated its $4.1 billion momentum also known survey monkeys acquisition after the deal was rejected by its own investors. This is the second time that they've rejected some sort of acquisition Zendesk has tried to make. Yeah. Um, I don't know that world very well. Maybe Andrew, you do, but I don't know. Is, is this becoming like a hostile takeover? Is this, um, I know a lot of the people, the, the, the voting members don't want to do this. I don't know why it seems like it seemed like a good, I haven't read all the details on, why specifically i felt like they're getting a good price if i were if i owned some shares in it it seems like a good deal to me but i, I again i'm not really into the so world i read a couple different versions of this it's the zendesk investors that are saying no their their ceo and founder has been trying to move out of just the like 
support software space is what they're really known for into the more consumer experience and software. So you could tie like, oh, I can get my consumer experience type stuff as well as my internal support type software all in one. And their investors were like, no, we don't want to do this and outvoted him. So interesting. That makes more sense if the Zendesk people are rejecting it and there's some yep. turmoil there. And then if that's the case, then I would probably, um, I'd be less likely to want to kind of join a company where there's kind of some tension within the board and investing. That is a, obviously that's a big check. But it's, it's actually kind of fortuitous or I guess serendipitous timing because I was on the podcast when we talked about that merger <laughs> happening. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about how, at sort of first glance, it didn't make a lot of sense. But when you started to consider the different technologies that they both have, and especially bringing Zendesk's features and capabilities to research, that makes a lot of sense, yep. right? And so it's a good acquisition for Zendesk slash Momentive as a company to grow their overall revenue, which I remember the article said that the acquisition was part of meeting certain revenue targets, but I'm not sure that that acquisition would have been reciprocal in yeah. bringing, you know, technologically from a, and, and from a features perspective, software perspective, I don't know that there would have been that many things to send sort of back upriver to Zendesk from SurveyMonkey. Yeah. Um, so if it was more of a PE play, on their part. And then, you know, we see all of the synergies. We see why that's a good acquisition to grow the revenue and why it's a good acquisition for the research. But the investors are saying, why are you trying to buy a survey program platform? Um, I think maybe they didn't think about it hard enough, but I understand what they're coming from. Well said. Interesting though. We'll see how this plays out. Yeah, the question really is what happens with Momentum now? Because that was kind of the big push on that side was trying... To position themselves to be bought, they thought they had this done. Now what happens? Yeah, we'll see. I'm sure someone will scoop them up um, at some point. What well, a $4.1 billion price tag. There's not very many companies in our <laughs> right. space that could do an acquisition like that. Right. So they'll have to continue to look for players in the tech space that have that kind of capital. Because um, it's probably not going to come from research with yeah. that kind of price tag. Yeah, absolutely not. There's only probably three companies that can afford that. It would be a merger, not an acquisition. Right. Yeah. Is it more of a non-traditional one where you had SAP by Qualtrics or the, I forget, the healthcare technology company that just bought. And Forsta. Forsta, yeah. I mean, is it yeah. going to be another one of those? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You guys want to jump into the earnings per click conversation? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. So- Brian, what is earnings per click? Yeah, so maybe, maybe the way to start it off is kind of a background of how um, sample has been priced. And historically, online sample really has been a function of the length of the interview and the incidence rate. And you could almost plug that into a model, those are the only two variables, and that's your, that's your CPI. And it's never, it's always been that simple. That is a very simple, basic way of pricing um, anything really, those two variables. 
And so what has happened, especially as marketing research has become more technologically advanced um, with APIs and programmatic sampling and marketplaces, we've been adopting similar pricing models that really I think the tech advertising world has been utilizing for quite a while. So Brian knows this world a little bit with online advertising. Yep. And the way that they price it is really an earnings per click model. So think about all of the ads that you see, um, let's say on your iPhone, and you might get a thousand of them and you click on a couple of them. Someone behind the scenes is measuring how many people click on it and the impact of that and measuring the success of ads. They're probably doing a lot of really analytics behind the scenes. They're doing A-B testing and testing different devices and doing a lot of really um, advanced types of ways to better target ads towards people like us. Well, now marketing research is kind of doing the same thing, um, at least with the measurement of it, where it's taking into account how many clicks to a survey a panel may get with an some sort of invitation to a survey, what the CPI is, and then calculating um, a revenue really per click. And I think the example that you use is, um, it's at hundred people, um, click on a survey at a $10 CPI, um, that's a thousand dollars. And then, so your earnings per click is, um, am I doing that right? Well, so so specific, yeah, specifically in the example that's on the blog post to calculate earnings per click at the highest level would be 100 people enter a survey at a $10 CPI. There's a 10% yes. incidence, 10 people qualify, right? So we've made then $100 for these 100 clicks, a $1 earning per click. Um, but I think yes. before we really dive into the minutia of that, especially, you know, that'll be difficult for people to consume in an audio format. Yeah. Um, but I think it makes sense as well to kind of just call time out and discuss the fact that what we are debating today, right? Like what's actually in contention is the use of this as a metric for survey health. Um, almost no panels, none that I've seen anyway, even those who are big proponents of earnings per click yeah. are pricing anything in earnings per click. And when we go to, let's call it the old ways, right? Um, you know, when we were really just looking at, okay, what's the IR? What's the CPI? Yeah. Uh, maybe there's a premium for some difficult demos. Certainly if we add professional targeting and go to B2B, so on and so forth, um, there's a premium there. But when you're just looking at that very, very simple metric, the cost calculation that the panel is doing is still essentially the opportunity cost that the conversion of that survey will exhibit to their overall asset. Yeah. So when you're looking at the incidence rate, okay, that's obviously a huge driver because if we know that only 10 people out of 100 are going to qualify, well, then there are going to be 90 people who don't become an invoiceable complete. Yep. Right. And 
there are a couple ways that, that that factors in. You know, panels collect all kinds of statistics on how many surveys someone will disqualify for before they give up, um, how many surveys they'll disqualify for before they just never take a survey again. Yep. Um, and, and there's a cost of acquisition for every single person that's brought into the panel. Yep, and that's that's a variable pricing, right? Exactly. Yep. And with the length of interview, while yes, there's a fixed cost that the incentive is typically increased with the length of interview, um, you know, many panels and ourselves included was kind of, you know, fight for the right to party of the, the panelists that, you know, hey, we have to value their time. We're competing with the gig economy. All of these things come into play. Um, and that's why we've seen incentives increase over the last several months, um, over the last year. But essentially at its core, you know, the reason that the LOI is played into pricing and played into the earnings per click, and this will become clearer when we really kind of dig into earnings per click, is that the incentive has to go up to combat the increased drop rate. Yep. So it's still in that old model of only IR, only LOI, you know, looking at the drop rate, looking at the qualification rate, what we're still doing is getting to the revenue per panel, revenue yes. for the panel including that opportunity cost, including that churn rate of the panel itself. Yep. Um, and I think that's important to, like I said, kind of time out because they're both doing the same thing. Earnings per click is just much more granular. Um, there are many more variables involved. And at the end of the day, that is how this must be priced, right? Yeah. You know, we, we, we can't, just choose a price because um, this is all about a, a company trying to make money, a panel trying to make money. They need to make an ROI on the cost of acquisition of every individual panelist. Yep. And that's why those are the factors that are in play. Um, and so then really, unless, you know, I, I hope you have something to add to that. That was a lot of rambling. Yeah. But it, it's really about what's the best metric for survey health. And then what do we do with it? That That's really what I'm interested in talking about today. Yeah. It's, it's certainly a better metric to measure survey health. And I, what I love, something you mentioned, is the dropout rate. Traditionally, it's not been a um, measure, a direct measure that affected really pricing. Um, if you had a high dropout rate, sometimes they'd complain, a panel would complain about it. But now it's really built into the model. And I think that's a good thing because We've all seen a lot of bad surveys um, that don't make sense and you have a high dropout rate. And with this model, you're getting penalized for that, right? And you should be penalized for that. If people, if your incidence rate is 10% and your dropout rate is 50%, effectively your earnings per click is working off of, I don't know what I, we call this, but a net effective participant or completion rate of about 5%. So you're, Cost should go up if you have a poorly designed survey. That's one thing I do like about this model, that it's adding a lot more kind of advanced metrics. We can even go deeper with earnings per click. Earnings per click per minute is also a way of kind of pricing this and thinking about it, um, which even adds a greater granularity to the length of interview. Um, and then, you know, behind the scenes, there's all this cost per acquisition, which is interesting as well because that's that's a little bit of the world we don't understand too much about um, more of the panel builders know that world 
And it's obviously going to cost a lot more to acquire a unacculturated Hispanic who lives in a rural area in Nevada than it is a, you know, a, a 35-year-old white male living in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And that should be part of this as well. So I think that one of the good things to kind of summarize that is that it's adding a lot more granularity and specificity and analytics to how we think about pricing. There's a lot of downside too, but there's a lot of upside. And I think that we're, we're still in the middle of kind of figuring this out as an industry, mm-hmm. um, which is why we're kind of having this discussion. I rambled too. That's okay. So I think let, let's first kind of talk about earnings per click at the highest level um, in what kind of goes into that. And then I actually want to push back on something. Yeah, good. Um, so the earnings per click, like we said, kind of the old way is the target, whether or not there's a premium for the target, your CPI and your length of interview done, right? And we look at, okay, how many completes were there? How many terminates were there? We divide that out and you get your instance rate. Um, Earnings per click, which is exactly what you said, it's the revenue to the panel divided by the total number of clicks going into the survey, Yep. right? So what does that mean though? What does that now include that previously was not a factor? Um, there's over quotas, there's duplicates, yep. fraud blocks, yep. programmatic quality fails, um, you know, and then obviously you brought up drop rate Yeah. and the drop rate would also be included there. Um, targetable terminates yep. will be included. Absolutely. And so th- the reason that I want to push back is, you know, you said, well, if you have a poorly designed survey, there's a high drop rate, your price should go up because that's not our fault, right? But one of the things that I think is an issue with earnings per click is that, you know, sure, maybe you have a really ugly survey. Maybe it's all grids. Maybe it's poorly written. Maybe, you know, it, it, it was meant for telephone and you're trying to do it online because it's less expensive, right? right. And there's 14 open ends, I'm dropping out too. I'm yeah. there with you. Um, but earnings per click at the macro level includes everything. Yep. So we're in this situation where when that's the metric they're using, yep. panels are using, and especially when it's in these programmatic platforms where our contacts, our research managers, the salespeople that we're working with, you know, they can kind of cross their fingers, throw their hands up and say, hey, it's the platform. The earnings per click is off. The sample throttle is, you know, is not prioritizing your survey anymore. And there are things like fraud blocks, things like targetable terminates. Um, and letting them know that a targetable quota has been closed and we get an update six hours later and 300 over quotas later. Yep. And now all of a sudden our survey is deprioritized. That's a huge part of it. Right. Yep. So sure. If, if everything else is perfect, the survey is poorly designed and the drop rate is lowering conversion. Maybe we can push back there, but I feel like earnings per click puts far too much of the onus for survey optimization, targeting research manager, all of these things directly on the client. Mm-hmm. And it puts 100% of the financial burden on the client. 
mm-hmm. especially when you combine it with these sample throttles. And, you know, six years ago when I started doing this, which seems like an eternity, but it's really just a blip um, in, in the overall research world. You know, when a study wasn't performing well, yeah, I could call a partner and right. say, hey, this is my biggest client. And yeah. This is my client's biggest client. They don't have budget. We have to be out of field tomorrow. Can you please help? Yeah. They say, Andrew, we got you. Yep. Boom. Traffic is up. We get it done. The the client's super happy. And now when I have that same phone call, I'm hearing, you know, hey, look, yeah, the IR is actually even a little bit higher when you cut all these things out. But the drop rate, the duplication rate, yeah. the over quotas, the earnings per click is too low. Yeah. And I can't do anything about it. Yep. You have to give us more money. And that's my big problem with earnings per click is that it's such a, it's such a holistic and such a shrewd measure of health that it almost takes all of the responsibility off of the panel. And then we as purchasers of sample and, and fielders of surveys, conductors of surveys, surveyors, whatever you would call the people doing the research. You know, the only lever we have to pull these days is price. Yeah. And I, I share that frustration. And I hear from my clients all the time that they're so frustrated with this. Yeah. Um, so I mean, what do you think about that? If that's the measure of survey health and we're just going back to the well of more money, more money, more money, what does that do for research? Yeah, but um, use a great word there, shrewd. I love that word. It is a shrewd system. And a lot of what clients are paying for, especially when you're talking about, yes, the burden is on the clients almost entirely. And it probably it should not be because if we're blocking a lot of people because of fraud, or duplicates, or whatever reason that's built into this model, that's not really entirely on the client or us. It's really on the panel for having, you know, members who are failing a lot of this fraud, and they're going to get into the shrewd model, right? But what it's, it's also doing to research is, I mean, research ultimately, especially online quantitative research, which is what we're focusing on here, ultimately, and I keep going back to this, we should be helping clients make good business decisions. We should be using ideally some sort of, I'm not going to call it a probability sample, but we should be trying as an online consultant to brands, getting as close to probability sample as we can. And that could mean a really, it could mean a lot of, all of these things are go against that. And we can talk probably in another episode about marketplaces and portals and things like that, which also affect representativity. But the focus by this, by using this measure, an earnings per click or an earnings per click per minute, and there are others as well, is putting really the primary focus of a panel on measuring the health of a client or its members or the panel, rather than doing what's best for the client and ensuring that the research is representative and replicable. Because that's what a lot of, when you talk about confidence intervals, is it replicable? And I'm not sure with this earnings per click model if it's replicable. And the focus of a panel should be on, yes, it should be on, of course, making a profit. We're not a nonprofit industry. Um, Of course, um, measuring things that can make surveys more efficient and your panel more efficient but what it should not be doing is 
making it tougher for brands to make business decisions. It should not be increasing noise into a survey. And a lot of the things we're talking about is increasing noise. Um, do you agree with that? You may not. It, um, some parts. One, one thing that occurs to me that I do agree with is you said, you know, we need to be helping researchers and brands make better business decisions about their surveys. Right. Yeah. And we sit in a unique space here at EMI where we are a consultative intermediary between our clients and the sample industry. Yep. Do you think oh. if we are using EPC as a metric of survey health, if you and I both agree, by the way, which we do, yeah. it's a good, it's, it's a holistic black and white measure. Yeah. how the survey is doing, yep. right? It includes everything and it's what you're paying divided by the number of clicks. Yep. Period, underlying. Unbiased. Unbiased, yeah. right? So I think it's a good metric. Yes. But I don't like how we're using it yep. because of what it does to our clients and yeah. what it does to us yeah. and what it does for the research. So my, my question then is, do you think that EPC as a metric of survey health will further commoditize those panels that use it as their metric of health. And it then becomes more beholden to those of us who don't to consult on all of these things. Because, you know, I, I, have, I know clients that we consult with on their screeners. We can, you know, consult on the UX of the surveys. We look at length we look at the targeting we look at literally you know how will the quotas pipe through the survey and so on and so forth and they end up getting a great earnings per click yeah and we have other clients where you know we're consulting heavily but there are perhaps barriers to what they can flex on because of end client um impositions or you know sometimes even like government regulations come to play on and on and on and on and on um you know for those clients, does it then become on us to consult more heavily and further differentiate those who are selling earnings per click model sample? That's the commodity. And brands and research firms are going to need more and more and more. Hey, look, this is just how you buy a sample now. So we're going to make yeah. sure you get a good price by making sure it's a good survey. Yeah. Because I think the old the quote unquote, the old ways are going to be gone in about a year or two. Yeah. Um, I think in some ways it's certainly commoditizing sample. Absolutely. But in other ways, maybe it isn't. And I'm not sure if this, we can talk about this too, but you know, we often hear, uh, we can't complete the study at this price, but if you increase it, if you increase your CPI, if you increase it, we can put more traffic towards it. And an EPC model, perhaps what that's doing is, is using that variable, which we don't typically know, of the cost per acquisition or the lifetime value of a respondent, of a member of a panel. And if we increase it, all of a sudden we're plugged into more people, right? Because all the cost per acquisition is higher than the earnings per click. They're not going to send it. But if we raise it, maybe we get above it. We reach a certain threshold to get more people. That is kind of almost decommoditizing. And especially if they're being transparent about it, about, hey, we're recruiting these people. We've used an online recruiting method. It's really cheap to recruit them through Facebook. 
But if you increase your price, then you're getting people that have been phone verified, that have been some other form of verification, which brings in a different pool of people. Earnings per click's a little bit lower on our side. You're paying a little bit more for that, but that would decommoditize it as if they're being transparent or we need to expose that. And so it can work both ways. Right now, I think, unfortunately, it's moving to commoditize sample that, you know, it doesn't matter where it comes from or anything. All that matters is, are you a completed interview or not? And what's your survey health? It doesn't really matter. We should be fighting for, and everybody honestly should be fighting to not commoditize online sample. I think it's going to take another level of transparency. what do you think about that? So, and, and this is something that was actually not in the blog post. So if you've made yeah. it this far through <laughs> our rambling, um, here's a nugget. So this is what I'm really afraid of. Yeah. I think that as we're doing it right now, perhaps it has not been commoditized yet. Yeah. But earnings per click, right? Mm-hmm. The panels have a target earnings per click. Yep. They have throttles that are prioritizing surveys based on earnings per click. And it, it could if be throttling we, based upon other variables too. Is it a slow weekend for the panel? Right. Are panels just sitting the panels just sitting there with no surveys? Right. There's probably other throttles. Right. But if we ever get to a point, what if we start buying sample by clicks? <laughs> and instead of saying, okay, this is you know ten dollars CPI for ten percent IR for twenty minutes length of interview, it is just our band one Facebook recruited sample yeah. costs 15 cents per click. Yeah. Our band two phone verified sample is 50 cents per click. Yeah. And then it is on us to say, okay, well, I know this is going to be 5% IR. So I'm going to need that many clicks for every complete. Since it's 20 minutes long, we're going to have a 15% dropout rate after 12 minutes. I'm going to account for this many fraud blocks. This, this boom, 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 right? Yeah. Now, every single panel is disclosing what their individual earnings per click is, that is the definition of a commodity. Yes. And so I think that if we keep going down this road, that's where we're going to end up. Because you know, when, when you start to do that, and it's, hey, we're at 15, uh, 15 cents per click, right? Yeah. And panel B says, you know, well, look, you, you don't have to assume as high of a fraud block with our panel, and we're at 20 cents per click. Right. Right. Maybe there's still some competition and differentiation there. But when we start going down that road and knowing how some clients and brands buy sample, that's in the the joke example that I I always use when I'm talking about commodities is the city of Cincinnati needs to buy 100 tons of road salt. (laughs) Right. 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 And, you know, one cent per ton or something, one cent per pound, I guess, is what it would be if we're talking about 100 tons of salt. But, you know, that then it really, really does become a commodity. Yes. And that's where I'm worried we're headed. Well, yeah, that's a worry. But what if, what if a panel decides to start manipulating this earnings per click and start paying for terms, a small amount, which would increase earnings per click initially, but perhaps it affects the lifetime value of a respondent where a panelist, instead of doing 2.7 surveys, maybe that you can push them to 6.7 surveys. They do four additional surveys 
and the the math will work out. I think that there will be more experiments. Hopefully, there's more experiments around that, around increasing incentives for terms because that's not even part of the model, right? If your incidence is ten percent, only that ten percent is getting anything. The other ninety percent right. have had a bad experience, right. and right. a certain percentage of them are never coming back. If you can get that ninety percent to come back somehow, hopefully, people are doing experiments on that and putting and disrupting this model. There's lots of things you could do around this to try to improve, reduce your cost per acquisition, improve your lifetime value, and play with its earnings per click, which would ultimately be beneficial. That's where I think we need to get going to, and this is a separate conversation too, is moving towards a paying people per minute of a survey, regardless if they qualify or not, that would help with this. But to your kind of, kind of your question, that is kind of scary, getting to the pure commoditization of this. And that that's what happens. You know, we talk about on the podcast all the time in news, all these tech companies coming in and buying panels and all of these private equity companies coming in and buying panels and the push is to more profitability, the push is being more efficient, the push is not to, to doing things that are the best for research necessarily. Brian, you want to jump in? Yeah. So I'm going to look at this a little bit from the ad side of it because this yeah. is at the starting stage of it, and the ad side is pretty far down. One, I think there needs to be a lot better targeting within it. So if you continue down this path, you can't just have general demographic targeting. You're going to need to get like some very in-depth yes. targeting. I'm going to go back to Facebook a couple of years ago where you could essentially build an ad to target to three individuals on a street in a city. You could get yeah. down to that level, but you paid more. The more t- the more refined it got, the more you paid. So yeah. it's almost like, oh, this is my – you're getting to that point. I think if panels are going down this path, you have this earnings per click and potentially a cost per click in terms of pricing, you, they ha- you have to have better targeting because you can't just say, oh, well, you're below earnings per click. Well, you're targeting I know I need – Consumers who have bought XY have bought Crest toothpaste in the Cincinnati metro area in the last three months. You don't have that targeting. I know I need that, but you don't have that targeting. And whether that is tying it back to other third-party data and stuff like that to add those targeting points, you need that to be able to do that because then you can get to that earnings per click. Then it's more of a fair evaluation behind it. Otherwise, if we're going down what kind of Andrew talked about that, hey, that full commoditization – you're going to have researchers just decide, all right, we're going to find a different way to do this. They're just going to be like, you know what? I'm not going to do online surveys anymore. I'm going to find something else. I'll find a different method to get to the answer I need because I'm going to pay way too much and it's not efficient for me. I'm not going to do this, all this extra work. I'll find something else and something else will pop up. I don't know what that is. I have no idea, but that's, if you go down that path, that's what will happen. Well, I I see what you're saying. But I think that might be my little too doom and gloom. I think yeah, I think that might be a little extreme because you have to remember that you know we're we're not talking about changing the actual data collection methodology. We're talking about the measure of survey health and the pricing structure. Um, right. And so you know, panels will always, I would hope, have. Like, like, like the reason that you, you do an online survey instead of phone um, 
is because of the efficiency of the deployment and the data collection. It's less expensive than phone. It's right. 10 times faster than mail, especially if postage is way cheaper than mail as well, right? Um, and why is it faster? Because these panels have you know, curated lists with incredibly high response rates as compared to an email blast or, yep. you know, robo dialers or definitely mail, right? The response right. rates are through the roof compared to this. And none of that would change if we changed how we price it. Um, but I, so I, let me try to say back to you what you said and see if I heard you correctly. So what you're saying is that if we continue to reframe how we think about all of this and what we're buying, that it will make the inefficiencies of using online panels for targeting so much more transparent. Like you said, I need people who buy Crest toothpaste, right? Right. Tell you what, Google and Amazon know exactly who's brushing their teeth with Crest and who's using Colgate. Panels don't. And so if we were to move to that model, you would then be seeing, oh my gosh, I'm going to pay for these 90 people who I'm not using. And I think what you're saying is that if we continue that conversation, we continue going down that road, um, you think that it actually like reframes the way that we think about what we're buying mm-hmm. in a detrimental way. Is that kind of the spirit of what you're saying? That is the spirit. So like right now, say, Andrew, you had a study that came up and they said, oh, I need a thousand people who have used Crest in the U.S., but I want it balanced by census and I need it representative, male, female, and ethnicity. Okay. Well, you know that not going down that path of earnings per click, that takes the assumption that each each click is worth the same, but we know the Hispanic side or young African-Americans, it takes longer. It's more expensive to get. It takes a little while, but that cost is spread out overall on CPI. Will that still impact it on the earnings per click? We are going and saying, well, I can't target down all of this. I want to be able to target that crest where you might have some panels now that have that third-party data in there, but a lot don't. And now you're just blanket, hey, these are all consumers. It'd be like if I did an ad to Facebook, I'm going to an ad on LinkedIn. Hey, I know I need to target market researchers in the Cincinnati area, but I would just do a basic, I'm sending it to everyone in the U.S. That's kind of how I'm thinking. It loses that efficiency kind of piece, I'm thinking. And I may be totally off base on this, but if you're going judging just based on the earnings per click and a cost per click, it almost seems like you're going down the path, as you mentioned, like a full commodity where it doesn't, each person doesn't have that uniqueness, let's say, where there's no point of balancing demographically or anything like that because on the back end, everyone's treated equal. Everyone's treated as the same. So a female Hispanic age 25 in Seattle is equal to the same as a 35-year-old white male in San Antonio. Well, we know they're not. One's harder to get. One's easier to get. Some of those opinions are worth a little more. So you think there's a cost and efficiency in doing But we, we – yeah. I still- I'm just thinking it from the ad side. If I go into LinkedIn to build an ad campaign, as soon as I start adding more, yeah, I can have a wide sprint. My earnings per click is going to be in the toilet because I haven't refined it. Right. As soon as I start adding that refinement, 
my, co- my earnings per click comes up. And we already know with IRs now, oh, we think this is a 20%. And they're saying, oh, yeah, I got this 20%. I can get you this. And we know you pick a study, people are coming up short or the IRs off and things like that. So I think there has to be a better targeting and accuracy around that if you're going to be going down that earnings per click. Well, we are probably going long here. So (laughs) if you have a thought on this, if you're listening, reach out to us. We'd love to continue this conversation with you because clearly our industry is in a transition, right? And we haven't got all the answers. We have a point of view um, at EMI and us individuals, but you know, we got a ways to go to figure this out. So we would love to have a discussion with you. You can come on the podcast. We can do it separately, whatever you want. But yeah, let's do final thoughts. What are your final thoughts, Andrew? So my final thoughts, I love it as a measure of survey health because it is so clear and it's so holistic. But I think that as we're doing it right now and the way that it interacts with sample throttles is dangerous. Yeah. I think that we should all adopt an earnings per click, or even just call it a conversion rate, take the pricing out mm-hmm. of it. And we should be discussing survey health more holistically than yes. we currently do. Because <laughs> right now it's kind of, well, those targetable terms, those drop rates, those fraud blocks, those aren't my problem. Right. And, and, and you know, the reality is, especially with, you know, a survey where we need 24,000 completes, all of a sudden we've got a 40% drop rate. Now we're not feasible. Right. Right. You know, if we were expecting 20% IR, now I need 200,000 people instead of 100. So, on one hand, I love it for that, but I just see us going down this path. Panels who use EPC, panels who love EPC, panels who are really big into the throttling and the tiering and the routers and the, you know, we're going down this path where the deliverability is not their problem. And when you put every single variable into the calculation, guess what? Not a single survey is on spec. Right. And so it just really takes um, the responsibility out. And so I think if we all agree on it, great measure of survey health, but we are all going to share the responsibility of getting the research done, getting the research done well, and to navigate all of those different variables in a consultative fashion, rather than taking this attitude of, oh, well, the, you're blocking too many people because I think clean idea, research defender is overzealous. So now we have to increase price. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Let's not do that. We're going to have a conversation about why all your panelists are being blocked, right? <laughs> if we can simultaneously look at the metrics more holistically and also be more consultative then i love it but i don't love the path we're going down right now yeah brian i want yours but um i completely agree with you um i'll add i think that there are certainly some good things that are coming out of this i think it's putting a little bit more pressure on clients to make sure that surveys are more mobile friendly which i can't believe we're still talking about but it's true um to reduce the length of interview to design better surveys um Hopefully that is an improvement for everyone. Um, hopefully this is also helping like what Brian was getting to um, better profiling on the panel side, because that clearly that's a big function of this model and the better they profile, the better everyone is. And we have, if we can increase that, whatever we're calling it, the, the um, completion rate or whatever, 
we can increase that and have more people have a good experience and less people have a bad experience. And that's good for the industry, but I completely agree with you. We cannot be commoditizing the sample. We cannot be doing things that is making sample inconsistent and making it tough on clients to ultimately, they're spending more and having more challenges making business decisions. It's increasing risk. Those are all bad things. We have to, we have to have an industry-wide conversation about this. I don't know if it's SampleCon. I think it's broader than that because we need the client side to have a large voice in this, the buyers, in addition to the supply side. Um, but man, good topic. Brian, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, I'll keep mine brief. I know when I talked, it seemed all doom and gloom and I was against it. <laughs> I actually like the earnings per click. I just don't want it to be used in a vacuum. It's kind of like on Andrews. Yes, it's great. But it needs to be taken into account with a couple other factors. Yeah. It should be one of maybe four or five that you look at in terms of overall, not just survey health, but kind of panelist health and kind of survey and research health type stuff. Yeah. So because you have to take into account all of the quality aspects and deduplication that it doesn't account for, where if it, you have that dropping too low, well, you had I had 10 bots on here that did multiple clicks that we caught in that won't block, but we caught in survey. Well, now that's driven this down lower. That shouldn't be on the client side to pay for that because on the panel side, they're letting, they're not catching bots or things yeah. like that. So I think it's, I think it's good. It just shouldn't be used in a vacuum. It needs to be used in conjunction with some other stuff. Very good. I think that we're going to start having more specific conversations around sampling this year on the podcast and this is one of those topics if you have feedback on it, if you're still listening thank you i would love to hear from you um you probably have some thoughts as well or questions or want to be part of the conversation please reach out to us if you have other topics you'd like us to discuss there's all kinds of challenges in marketing research and sampling we want to kind of sort through and try to be part of the conversation um andrew thanks for joining man hey, my pleasure yeah awesome always so always, yeah always good to have you on brian thanks as always and everybody will be back soon thanks everybody this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com